Welcome everyone. I've um, decided to put my thoughts about as a dungeon master, as a DM for uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden down as a short clip and recording for the podcast. Um, on the DM's chat there's lots of um, questions, myself included, as I've gone along. We've just finished chapter 5, so about just over halfway through, and uh, we started to the campaign two weeks before the book's release. Um, because we were doing some of the D&D Beyond um, mini-adventures or encounters as a series to lead a party from Luskin all the way to um, Ten Towns as by means of an introduction. So we're 25 episodes in, going at least three or four hours each time, say three sessions per level, maybe four sometimes. So yeah, so we're just, just um, past the midpoint and they're uh, deep in, in Oral's abode now. Now I'm not going to try not to talk about the future or the later chapters just in case people are um, listening to this or watching and um, more from the perspective of the story as it goes along. But, uh, but there could be spoilers in here so just um, there's a warning there if you're um, uh, wanting to keep your... Uh, keep it all spoiler free um, so there's the warning but uh, I'll, I'll just kick off I guess the, the first thing I want to talk about was how to kick off um, I think traveling into Icewind Dale is a good way to do it um, you, the, the book has everyone being adventurers first level and they're starting off in ten towns and they've been there in the darkness for two years and now they're first level and ready to get stuck into things but um, I preferred to introduce probably the character the, the players as well as the PCs into the the setting and so set off from Luskin um, the premise of those adventures and you can look them up on D&D Beyond they're in Encounters of the Week is um, uh, a mercenary group that delivers mail so you've got some mail to pick up from various places and then drop them off as you head further north. Those are a little bit um, tongue-in-cheek um, and they've got epic level encounters with Driz Dawerden and Artemis, the um, guy from Tomb of Annihilation, Dragonbait and so on. Everyone is, is some sort of uber character from, from a different adventure. I sort of turned that down a little bit and, and um, made it start grim straight away or at least progressively get grimmer and grimmer as they got further and further north um, but there are ways if you're looking at doing those adventures to integrate them more into the story because in this case they somehow have to have justification for how they can get there and what causes them to stay why don't they drop off the deliveries and then head back out or go holy crap this is <laughs> this is um, not a good place to be let's get out of here um, the secrets come into that a lot so I'll touch on those and how you can sort of best use them and integrate some of them are all self-explanatory but but some of them seem to fit um, almost by accident but I don't know if that's what the authors intended um, integrating the um, return of the magical dagger to Artemis I just had that to um, an adventurer a seasoned adventurer and that was one of the ones that died in the mountain climb. So as the party get to Ten Towns looking for where to deliver this package, they can hear of the, um, the 
chapter one adventure where there's a group of, of heroes looking to tourists looking to get to the summit of Kelvin's Can. Uh, Vanifa is a good potential candidate. She leads the party to the Reghead Glacier where she's hoping to drop a magic item in. You could have Vanifer as a um, another arcane brotherhood, just another one of the four roaming around looking for um, a potential semi-evil ally, and they could meet up with her sometime through it as a alternative to um, I don't know, Velen Harpel, Laz, Naz Lantamir, and and so on. The other f the four that are in there. Um, there's a skeletal shark with skeletons running around nonsensical so I just reskinned that to be much more creepy as like a juvenile sea beast without saying the word kraken um, and so same hit points and basically all the same stats but the picture I used was of a, uh, a sea beast with tentacles and so on they had to fight that off so the next th next, next point I want to touch on is um, how justification for why everyone just doesn't leave or um, uh, why they just don't keep getting supplied so the what I had done is the aura that the, the what's it called Aurora Borealis that that um, Oral has brought on has also ringed the area of ten towns in um, storms now not just a wall of storms that's impassable but it being far more dangerous so you know if you can imagine a um, incredibly dangerous mountain passes to get through and they go up by a, you know a factor of 10 um, merchants are just it's not worth their while to try uh, so it is possible to get through with a de determined effort and a bit of luck and this is where the party comes in so you would need to have them pass the point of no return and then have um, storms come in behind them then maybe get a lucky break um, I introduced a wandering encounter in a, in a snowstorm of um, some giant mountain goats which they were sort of eyeing off and then suddenly both goats got killed straight out by two two boulders from from us uh, uh, frost giants so you could have it as as it gets colder um, those creatures that normally live right out in the sticks or high up in the mountains come further down looking for for game much like the wolves of the fairy tales coming down when in times of um, of blight or intense intense weather um, as, as far as a starting point uh, that you've got to be really careful <laughs> with level at one adventures there are some there that are absolute killers um, for a first level party so my suggestion would be just straight up Brinchander. That's an easy one, and it's also central. It's also just happened to be for my group the one that they hit first because they're coming from the south. If you go Brinchander ways, then um, you've got the nice little goblin adventure, and they can be given the um, lead to go and look for Sefet Caltro, the the murderer. Um, I saw in one of the supplements that that, that others have put out that um, it seems a bit silly that the the uh, Harper cultist, uh, no, the Harper um, agent has been following Sefak and on his trail but he doesn't know where he is and you'll have to go looking for him. So uh, I agree and I just had him being, the reason he's not doing it himself is because he's retired uh, and 
immo- I think it's a she in the in the book, is um, just immobile and so is a font of knowledge and keeps her ear to the ground and um, uh, a good source of rumours and, and missions, um, but not able, um, being semi-retired, to go look, hunting down Sefet Caltro themselves. So if they, you can then send the party either way. Say, oh, he headed east or he headed west. Don't know exactly where, but that's the, you know, the, the way that the caravan goes. Um, as far as ones to watch out for, the black swords, I think any of the Duergar ones at level one, um, I think you would need to be pulling punches or it just could easily turn to a TPK. Um, black swords is not too bad because when you go to the ferry and so on, there's only one dwarf there. So that's sort of being queued up so that um, lower level... That, you're fighting one dwarf at a time and then a couple and, and so on. Um, and depending on the size of the group, a level two party can generally you know, ping pong themselves back up to if anyone goes unconscious. Um, but I'd just be wary of anything Duogo related and save that for a bit later on. There's the lake monster, which is fine, first level um, or, or second level, I guess. Um, the mead must flow. Go and see some verbeeg. If that turns into a combat encounter, even level two or three characters could easily die. Um, for us, we did that, but um, it was a, there was no two-hit roll, no saving throw at all. It was a completely um, they traded their axe beak for being allowed to drink from the from the pool, and that all fit in nicely. Um, Lonely wood and the white moose is fine, and so is the mountain climb, as so long as you um, they don't go guns blazing into a, into a yeti. Uh, Tamerlane is another good one for those very early early um, levels. Uh, cool little adventure, Grell and kobolds running around in mines to, to muck around with going berserk. Um, so that's sort of a touch on which things to watch out for but I'll, I'll give, give you a bit of an, an idea of, of what you could do. So let's say you went Bryn Shander and the party went east, wherever. So then there's um, either heading north towards Ka Denevel and Ka Konig. Um, then you've got some Duagar to start getting into, assuming they've already got to, to uh, second, maybe third level by then. Uh, it's a long way. It's the longest trek from Bryn Shander to, to Ka Denevel is the longest between any two places on the entire of Ten Towns. So there's plenty of opportunity for you to throw in wandering monsters and, and give them a chance to even you know, get to that s- second or third level on the trip if they don't take up the goblin uh, adventurer from Bryn Shander. Uh, is an opportunity to meet Avaris if they can manage to not in, in, try and clean out the whole castle. And Chaoconic uh, further on is also a really good one um, so long as they're, they're sort of third level or so. What I did here was, there's a, there's a mountain climb. Uh, it's based in Targos, which just looks ridiculous. There's an expedition leading out from Targos, which is almost as far as you can get from Kelvin's Cairn. Either put it in Kaoconig, so that way it's, it's simple and they can knock off a few of these adventures with a, a short run, or um, uh, put it in Termalane or Lonely Water, somewhere where an, an adventuring group might 
launch off from there via the Dwarven Valley and head up to Kelvin's Can as well. Now, following that through, if they end up going through Cardenavel and Carconig and, and go to the Dwarf Outpost, the information there will naturally lead them to investigate East Haven because the other brother is there too. And then the, start, the gloves start to come off and the, the uh, present threat of the Duagar and the Chardelin Dragon will start to become apparent to the party. So they're it's complete sandbox, but you can start to build a... There is a threat out there. The Duagar are coming. They're everywhere in Chen Towns. Um, and uh, it sort of nicely leads up to to the to the dragon being released. One thing I wanted to also touch on is a lot of the other ones to the west involve these t ridiculous talking <laughs> monsters. I'm sure people might love them, but uh, for me it's just a little bit Disney. I just struggle with the talking wolves and the talking mammoths, the talking dinosaur and in Maya Dualdon um, and the talking moose in Lonelywood like why are all these Frostbrants awakening things and suddenly they're evil and uh, bloodthirsty ravening beasts but they're now intelligent and can talk um, didn't make sense didn't really mesh with me for a horror campaign I've generally had the awakened still fine but, but awakened animals just are cunning and, and have a um, alien intelligence to them um, which just makes it a little bit, little bit creepier than them saying, you know, going all scar uh, from the Lion King on the party. The, the I, I guess, on from chapter one, I, w I won't go into much depth beyond that. Uh, one thing to be wary of is in East Haven, there's potential for them to meet this ghost and some of them could age, party members could age from seeing the ghost. Um, this is in the East Haven, if they ever meet the White Lady or when they're protecting the, the town and the statue. Oh, was it the, the cauldron from the dwarves or the Zentarim? Um, this actually presents a good, good hook because the, the, the party then has a reason to go, they've got whatever it is, 10 days or so to um, try and reverse it or the person is aged forever. And um, if they go looking for the, someone wise, people could point them towards the priest in Brinchander who might offer suggestions, not powerful enough to cast a spell to, to reverse it. But um, they've got a hook there to go and see him and um, he might then say, well, I don't know, uh, but that could lead to the Black Cabin via Copper. Or I could say, well, you could go and see the great sage Macredes in the black who lives at the recluse at the north of Lonelywood, and that starts to lead them, you know, into the chapter two stuff. Um, they could hear uh, my group uh, decided that there was a legend that more talking to elders of the towns rather than the, the um, sages and whatnot that um, someone found the fountain of youth, and um, this was the. Sylvanus pool in held by the Verbeeg in Goodmead and so that's where my group went and they drank from the pool and they did two things that gave the character with the secret with the slard host um, a means to expel it and it also healed the aging from the ghost 
so they can provide those little hooks, those little encounters they have, um, give them give the party a means to um, cure these things or solve their their problems by travelling to other towns and maybe doing other, doing other adventures. Gives them a reason to get about. Um, yeah, well, I touched on chapter two. I don't see that as chapter two. So when you, I think people get confused with the with the. Uh, the level progression. So the book says chapter one, ten towns, level one to four. Once they get to level four, they can't level up anymore. Everything is just so easy. Cool. So there's this, you know, muck around in ten towns for a bit, stay where it's quite safe, and do little bits and pieces, and there's not much treasure, you know, close to ten towns either. Chapter four, um, chapter two is four to seven. Um, but Realistically, you've got Sunblight, which is chapter three, and that, if I jump into it, uh, we'll just scroll down, Speaker's Quest. Hmm, have I missed it? It assumes that they should be level five before they go into this. Oh, here we go. Fortress, if they're at least fourth level. So, Around fourth, if this is where it's tuned to, um, once they get to fourth level, um, and by now they should be aware of dwarves and the dwarven threat in ten towns, two ten towns, and this is the intermediary plot. So, yes, Oral's going berserk, running them up, ma making everything cold. Um, yes, there's maybe ancient magic somewhere off, miles away, buried, and there's wizards looking for it. And they should know about that just by encountering wizards somehow, somewhere along the line. Throw Velen in there, or even throw um, uh, some other wizards. You can have two wizards having a gunfight outside one of the towns, and they they could observe and join, help one, or or just watch one arcane brother destroy another, take their stuff, and then move on. Um, yeah, back to Zardarok's fortress. They should be at least fourth level, and if they're doing that, and you know, it says, oh, if they achieve this or that or the other, then they go up a level. Well, if they do all those in the th same three, one session, they're not going to go up three levels. Um, these are just different suggestions for milestones that they might hit. And um, if they do any one of those is probably the way I interpreted that. The, um, yeah, so let's assume they go from fourth to fifth by resolving the issues with with Zardarok's fortress um, and then have to fight this dragon and they could do those, those either way I'm sure you could just tweak the difficulty levels um, but Zardarok's fortress I, I think that the, that's what's the easiest path is do Zardarok first and then the dragon um, just because they're tuned for fourth and fifth level respectively I'll jump and show you to that first page for Destruction's Light. Contribute, if they're not 7th level by the end of this chapter, lure them to some other locations. So if they've done level 4, <laughs> if their 4th level went to 5th level with, with the fortress, and then they go, oh crap, well now we have to go and get this dragon and go chasing that all, all around the ice. Somehow they're at 7th level. You've got no opportunity to... Um, Present, send them off to to chapter two, so that where to fit in chapter two. So what I did 
is chapter one, stay close, learn about threats to 10 towns, do some little bits and bobs, and um, at some point they witness um, a town being destroyed by the dragon from across the other side of a lake or something like that. They don't get to experience the dragon firsthand, but they're more of a either rescue party or helping refugees or taking word to the authorities. Um, somewhere has been destroyed. So if I jump back to the map, that would be Dugan's Hole. That's the, that's the first target. And that's a nice little place. So if they're in Goodmead or in East Haven or something, that would be the time to destroy Dugan's Hole and um, alter it so that the dragon doesn't just sweep through. There's no way with the movement rates in the, in the, in the game that they can catch the dragon. So releasing the dragon and then them chasing after it is a little Benny, Benny Hill adventure when everything's eventually going to get destroyed or they just go straight to Brinchander and wait for it there and everything get destroyed. So it's a little bit, takes away, I hate the word agency, takes away the, um, the impact that the characters can have. And so what I did was the, issue, the order that Zardarok gave the dragon was take your time, destroy a town, and then return for repairs. Then the next day, go to the next town, next day, go to the next town. Now, if the party go to um, Sunblight first, and that's most likely what would happen if they go to the authorities. The authorities are going to say, "Well, which town do we go? For? Do we save? Where do we go and make our stand?" Um, you can give them the mission, which is is in the book. Uh, the uh, some speaker somewhere calls them in and says, "Right, we need to send you to cut off the source, kill the controller, whatever." So they go off to Sunblight, hopefully resolve it and make an alliance with um, Grandolfa. And um, at that point, she would refuse to... She doesn't want an insane dragon. She can see it sent her, uh, her fiancé um, <laughs> insane with, with Chardelin madness. So if she, she agrees to, um, uh, to not repair the dragon and not even admit it back into the... Um, not even wouldn't they take agreeing. She might just say, no, "I don't want it anywhere. If you guys kill it, all well and good. It's not my beast." Um, so that's a good outcome. Obviously, not everyone's adventure is going to go that way. Um, they may end up in prison or captured by the dwarves. Um, and if in that case, they're on a clock. Once per day, a town is getting destroyed. Dugan's Hole, good mead. East Haven, and suddenly the K is up the up the east. Um, so then you can let them out at fifth or sixth level, and then they can go dragon hunting. And um, this is where you could add Valin in, um, or Vanifer, or one of the other wizards that you've invented, who um, could aid the party by teleporting them. This is what I did the old. Um, I can teleport you, I've got a scroll or something, or I've got a helm of teleportation and um, saved later troubles because Velin's gets mugged by Naz Lantamir later in the adventure and uh, Naz steals this orb or you know, items from Velin so she could have just as easily have stolen her scrolls of teleportation or something like that and then use them all by the time you, the party gets up to it. So you, it's sort of like a one-shot type thing when Velen doesn't think it's a one-shot and is a bit free with it at the start. So they can get teleported to whichever town they, they decide to um, dig their heels in and, and, and defeat the dragon.
so um, okay one more area I wanted to just touch on that's pretty much it for getting up to chapter 5 that I wanted to um, make some points on but more general stuff what I, a lot of confusion I think on the movement distance so you only get certain kilometers per day unless you've got snowshoes if you've got that then you go a bit faster and if you've got dogs you go twice as fast but they have to rest half as much so uh, twice twice as much every hour they have to rest for an hour so what's the point in having dogs um, doesn't really make sense and a, a full set of dogs with six or so puts them back 300 gold so um, I think there's plenty of opportunity if you just say dogs go twice as fast and they cover twice as much distance. If you stick with there's only four hours of light and that reasonably without risk of exhaustion is when they would need to travel unless they really push through and they're just trying to make it to a town or something, you know, rescue someone or, or get, get somewhere within it on the clock. Um, my group pretty quickly only travelled through those four hours of light and then either attuned to items or trained or hung out in their tents for the other other four hours of of, um, of activity and they could do activity so long as it wasn't um, out in the minus 40 to minus 80 degrees bear in mind that cold weather gear protects you up to minus 40 and Icewind Dale once the weather's inclement and it's night gets well beyond that so getting caught outdoors at night, um, they'll die of cold regardless. So don't let, P, don't let PCs say, oh, I've got cold weather gear, I'm okay. Um, cold weather, you know, even someone with resistance to cold, you could, you could argue that, well, over the course, you're still going to freeze to death in a, in a freezer. Um, resistance is not immunity. But, uh, yes, yeah, so distance, so I let them... Um, early on chapter one or so they got loaned some dogs for certain portions of it um, got granted some when there was you know given um, colleagues the you know hunters from the towns with dog sleds to race them somewhere if it's if it's needed as part of a um, supported quest and uh, aspects as well so Generally, they didn't, the party didn't didn't buy axe beaks. I guess some groups will, no doubt, and run around on their tonton style stuff. But um, I allowed the small PCs to ride them. Um, thought it was fine to get let the gnomes and the halflings and and whatnot um, ride them, uh, being light enough. So and <coughs> just from the having a a regular pack, not much different. And it just means those guys are normally running around at speed 25 or 20. They've got some way to get around a bit faster and keep up with the party, even if they're on foot. Um, but uh, secrets and wh where they can, uh, where they can sort of actually hook in to different different parts of the adventure. There's parts where they where they specifically say, if anyone has this secret, this would be a great time to have something burst out of their chest or whatnot. But um, uh, Algondor Skyon, I had, uh, I think that's a good one to just introduce um, some NPC helpers. So, if the heir to the throne of Neverwinter is is hiding out in the north, there may be a couple of people who sent him there, or you know, and 
an Merlin type character, obviously not that powerful, but a, an, a um, respected elder, and maybe some some uh, merry men or allies of some sort. And if the Lord of Neverember does send some assassins or someone to try and chase him down, uh, these guys could step in and there'd be a big battle of some sort and suddenly um, he's got some followers, old school style followers, um, not high enough level that, and non, non adventurers, but guards of some sort or, or guard captain. You can make them whatever, whatever fits, depending on who's got the Algondar sky on. Um, that th this gives uh, somewhere for them to have base camps, and um, if they've got, if every every party's got four dogs each, they can set up a camp, go off to some adventure, and then not come back with them all dead. Um, and I think it's handy to have a little travelling entourage uh, for open tundra. Doppelganger, don't really have much thoughts on that. If some, if one of your PCs is is keen on it, then that's that's great. Um, Driz fan, it's pretty much a non-secret. Uh, elusive paramours handy, um, and it, I guess this is you'll just have to let the let the PC um, go with this. You can you can use this as a um, similar one to to the Algondar Skyon, just where um, an assassin comes in. And has them just keep them on their toes and keep them moving, especially if whoever's got that is um, wanting to keep it a secret from the rest of the party. Uh, escaped prisoners brought here from by mind flayers. I would tie this directly into, um, I think that's the expectation, directly into the Nautilus with the um, Ceramorphs, and uh, they've escaped from there. So. If you've got anyone who's got telepathy in the party, um, we did because there was a ghostwise halfling, natural telepaths, give the give the um, distress signal and pet coming into their head. You could extend that to anyone who's got telepathic-like abilities or could cast spells, something like it. Someone who's got message or sending or the, the the cantrip even, maybe they pick up on it, stretch the friendship of the of the thing, and. Um, and have them hear this helper in deep speech, I think it is. So they might need to find Macready's or someone um, who can translate for them. Help me, help us, help us, please help us, help us, blah, 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 blah. And uh, let that leads them onto the nifty little side quest. And the escape prisoner would be handy for um, uh, pinpointing this location. Littlest Yeti. Um, it's only going to help in a bit, bit come into it when they f when they meet Yeti. Um, I wouldn't have it as a follower or anything like that, like the the Albear uh, Whisperer. But um, it's a cool little way to if someone's got it, then early on that you can throw the Yeti based um, adventures to the party earlier. Mountain climbs one of them. Um, and uh, it, another option you could consider is an orphan, say dead yeti for some reason, as a wandering encounter. And there'd be a little yeti there, which could be a um, uh, little mascot. Again, joining the entourage, 
Um, someone will love it, no doubt, but not going to break the game by any means. Especially if you treat it like a fizz gig from Dark Crystal, or you know, a bit bit cross, bit angry, bit bit yappy, or um, what's the other one I was thinking of? Like oh, Gremlins. <laughs> Either the creepy, you know, crazy Gremlins, or a bit too small to do too much damage by themselves, but um, uh, something that really needs to be controlled and something that I don't want to just be releasing on a town. Midwinter child, I changed a little. So, if I was born on the midwinter holiday, I'm resistant to cold. Well, that would be one in every three hundred or so people, and there'd be minter mid, winter child all, all over the place, and it wouldn't be that special. Um, so, I just changed it to midwinter child born on the midwinter holiday on the night of a full moon. So, when those two intersect, so there's far more, far less of them, and there's far more uh, special or unique. Um, set of events to to trigger it. Um, that's that's a pretty good one to have, especially for um, edge of good and evil characters, where the party might start to mistrust them, especially if Sephat Caltro starts budding up to them. Oh, hey, buddy, you're one of us. Uh, I, I notice. Um, what are you hanging out with this this lot for? That sort of thing. Um, Orkstone. I'd recommend that for any half-orc or, or orc characters um, and then tie it to their own background rather than just I saved an orc um, and then it could be one of their ancestors even someone closely related to them a brother or sister warrior that died and whatnot and it comes to help them um, I, I guess I don't need to I won't, just read through them all, just to, just where they can tie in. Obviously, Pirate Cannibal leads them to the Dark Duchess. Um, Reghead Air will come in. I would suggest using the Reghead Wandering Encounters in a, um, if you've got a Reghead Air in there and start to introduce the Reghead earlier on. I didn't do that, and I probably should have, um, so that when they then meet the Tribe of the Tiger, Tribe of the Wolf, they know what their sort of themes are before getting to the oral um, tests on Solstice. Um, Reincarnation and Ring Hunter are not real, and same with Runaway Author are sort of nothing secrets in my opinion. Um, Slard Host and Spy are really good. Slard Host, um, I rolled it secretly, I didn't let them know that they had it and let them pick it. No one in their right minds is going to say, yeah, sure, kill me when it when you choose to, um, and I'll just roll up a new character, thanks. Um, I rolled a secret, let them pick and so on, but also they had Slard Host. Now there's no way I was going to kill them outright unless they actively embraced it, but um, just describe this thing moving under their skin in their sleep, um, where it starts to become active, and maybe some other characters notice, maybe they try to cut it out or somehow get rid of it, just make it that they can't without a, um, a healing spell that's beyond their means. Uh, Greater Restoration is the one that I was tying it to, and that's what they find out, found out when they tried to research it from the priest in Brinchander. And then McCready has confirmed that, that it was a slard. At first they thought it was a Mind Flayer tadpole. Now, if you change, I was considering changing this to a Mind Flayer tadpole, and then the person who had this 
Mindfly tadpole in them would hear the the id um, the distress signal from the Nautilus as well. Um, Come to us, my kin, whatnot, and so you can use that as a potentially use that as a hook as well. Um, I think I mentioned I mentioned before that, that that's a good hook to the verbeg in in hunt, a good mate. Um, spy. Harper affiliation, so I guess that's just a Beldora. Um, suddenly, there's this Beldora Harper contact. Um, I just use that as the same character as um, the Brinchander quest. It's the first time they get there. There's someone there that, if that's a Harper uh, mentor for one of the characters, and the contact that they're supposed to be going there to meet, um, the first quest they give them is Sephet Cultro. So it fits much more nicely than having another mentor type character that they need to contact when there's already a perfectly good one that can double up rather than bloating out the NPCs. Okay, so that's all I really wanted to go over tonight. Uh, I'll talk more once we've got real actual play experience um, completing the next three chapters probably at the end of the whole adventure there's only a couple of months left in it for us um, but uh, I hope this might have been useful to some people and um, if you're keen on listening in the podcast Flurry of Foes you'll find it just by an easy search or um, on the YouTube clips as well if you're wanting to have a look we're in Roll, using Roll20 and D&D Beyond as a combination so I hope you get something out of this and um, I look forward to experiencing the rest of it and uh, listening into everyone else's playthroughs and what they've how it's panned out for them. Thanks. Bye.